Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to my podcast. Happy New Year to you. Can't wait to get 2020 in the rearview mirror. Uh, very excited to be back. Uh, and uh, uh, let's get right into it. Number one, Bitcoin. I'm no schoolboy, but I know what I like. Mike, I got a lot of Stones references going on today. It's going to be fun. Uh, number two, uranium. Start me up. And it has. And number three, cannabis. It's all over now. She used to love me. Anyway, I'll give you all the details of that right now. Uh, first, my themes, groups. Uh, Happy New Year again. Uh, I really want, please, I'm going to say this at the front, please send your questions and feedback. Uh, I plan to be more consistent this year, uh, build the website, uh, launch a newsletter, both free and paid with a lot of uh, extra uh, benefits for, for members. Uh, add guests. Please think of candidates that you, maybe from other podcasts that you've encountered that you'd like me to uh, reach out to and interview. I'm going to post more on social media. Uh, I'm going to lose 15 pounds, maybe. Uh, here's all my list. Anyway, uh, I need to monetize this too, so I appreciate your help in advance. All your thoughts, support, ideas, I welcome with open, ar- open arms. Thank you for a great 2020. Let's build and add value to our community in 2021. Briefly, why I do this. Bobby and Jack, my sons, they've been on the podcast. They do a great job. Uh, uh, and I, everything I do is as, as if I'm speaking to them and I'm inviting you to listen in. Uh, uh, I, there are plenty of, of uh, millionaires in their 50s. They receive plenty of money in markets advice. I don't see 56-year-olds coaching 20-year-olds. So that's what I do. Uh, uh, I've enjoyed successes. I've suffered failures. I've learned. Uh, and now I can teach. I've been in two mutual funds, two hedge funds, two institutional firms. And uh, uh, I have the scars to prove it. Uh, started off with uh, being a broker in the 1987 crash. I'll give you my journey very quickly. Uh, a broker at Kidder Peabody, may uh, that firm rest in peace, in the bowels of UBS now. Uh, went through the 1987 stock market crash, down 22% in a day. Realized I didn't know what I was doing. Wall Street analysts didn't know what they were doing. And so I went back to find out what I could do to improve. And I discovered technical analysis. And I, uh, reading the charts, the points, the, the, the volume, and the highs and lows uh, and, and price points on the stock chart. And I go technical analysis first, fundamentals second. Other might disagree with it. They might reverse the order. It's not right or wrong. It's just what works for me. Um, uh, and that's my whole focus, what works. Uh, I read the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, The Economist. I listen to podcasts. I devour relevant newsletters. I monitor what my Google alerts are bringing me. And I point you to them, and you're welcome to, to read those. But if you don't want to do that, please know that I'll do it for you, and I eat home cooking. I just talk about things that I invest in. I have no conflicts. And uh, speaking of what works, shameless plug, uh, I've also become the CEO and chief investment officer of Tower Financial Technologies that I've uh, partnered with Dr. Lev Markov, a brilliant PhD in applied mathematics. He used to uh, uh, you know, cheat off my, my sheet in, uh, in Leningrad. Anyway, uh, brilliant math mind. We run a quantitative system that we're, we're broadening uh, our approach out to and uh, welcome your inquiries in there. It flat out works. Uh, uh, made money every month this year, uh, even in March, September, October, that were down pretty significantly. 
And uh, so I've got a lot. Uh, my focus on what works has led me to that direction as well. But this is also working. So let's go over the, the, the second half of the year. Here's where we are, and here's how we did with our methodology. Uh, uh, small account that I started at the beginning of the year. Sorry, uh, beginning of July. And because I wanted to show, uh, you know, the ins and outs of, of, of screening investments, finding them, investing them, then selling them, all the above. So uh, GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin uh, Trust, I'm obviously talking about my best ones first, but it's up 110% uh, in the back half. Uh, I sold half after it doubled in a month. That's part of my discipline. So now I'm just letting the profits uh, uh, continue to grow. North Shore Uranium, URNM, uh, up 40%. It's my, my uh, uh, I, I'm so bullish on uranium. Tim Rotolo is the CEO of, of North Shore Uranium. Great ETF, good guy, spoke to him live. Turns out he's a tough scrad like I am, go you jumbos. And a uh, uh, great way to participate in uranium. I'm getting more enthusiastic by the day. Cannabis, YOLO, Y-O-L-O, that's the, the, uh, the symbol of the ETF, up 24%. Uh, overall, the, the, the accounts up 13.7% in the second half. Not bad. Uh, 60% invested, still have 40% in cash that I'm looking to deploy in other things. And uh, so that's what I've been doing. And I'm pretty happy with the, the first six months that we've been doing this. Uh, this brings up another point. Uh, the difference between institutions and, and you. Uh, institutions need to be fully invested. They hug indices to some extent, even if they say they don't. Uh, they So they have to own some financials or energy or biotech that you may or may not care about. We can discover themes and exploit them. And our focus and my focus certainly is making money every year, compounding po positive returns every single year and avoid disastrous losses. And I'm not always going to do it, but that's what I'm striving for. And so far, so good. This year, I'm going to be more detailed and specific. I've had a lot of feedback so that if you have a Robinhood and Fidelity account, I will you know, uh, uh, give you the symbol and the name, which I recommend highly so you, there aren't errors and what I buy and sell. And of course, I'm going to give you my non-loyally disclaimer here. Uh, this is an investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. And I think that would be, be great for everybody to find things that not only that I'm finding, but what you're discovering as you conduct your own due diligence. So this is from Future Loop. And um, uh, the, there's $20 billion in crypto under custody. Coinbase is seeing an explosion of capital from institutional investors. The $20 billion is up from $14 billion in April. So it's up almost 50% in eight months. So the, the, there's a string of bullish events that have really increased institutional adoption, which brings me to the Wall Street Journal. Paul Vigna and uh, Anna Hertenstein uh, wrote a great article a little while ago talking about uh, Greg Giamatti, uh, the, the Boomer and Geo uh, morning talk show in, in New York, mostly about sports, but the, the, the screen lit up when they started talking about investing $10,000 in Bitcoin. So uh, it's clearly touched a nerve. To those who don't know Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a form of money uh, that exists digitally, started in January 2009 during the depths of the financial crisis. And its main benefit is it can't be debased, excessively printed by central banks. So it gets a lot more complicated than that, but it also is about as simple as that. 
So um, you can see on the uh, on the screen the quarterly inflows of the of the uh, the grayscale uh, 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 mutual fund. I'm sorry, ETF uh, complex uh, exchange traded fund and uh, an exchange traded fund. Just to go back a little bit. Uh, all it is, is, is a mutual fund that trades 9.30 to 4 o'clock during the trading day. It's, it's, it's a collection of stocks, a portfolio of stocks encapsulated in one stock and one stock symbol, in this case, GBTC. Uh, the uh, part of the appeal of the bullish case for Bitcoin is simply the, the uh, reallocation away from gold that is happening. It, it just is. There's over $200 billion in uh, uh, the gold ETFs that are out there, and the grayscale complex is 1020, something like that. So just a tiny amount of money shifting into Bitcoin is going to be a, a big deal, as you can see in this chart. Here's GBTC, the chart. Uh, uh, look at this high-volume breakout above 15 that occurred not that long ago, and it suggested a sea change to me. And then the news came. PayPal was 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 uh, 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 accepting Bitcoin. Paul Tudor Jones was espousing it. Druckenmiller, uh, uh, Soros' uh, former partner, great hedge fund mind, uh, turned around. He was a skeptic, and now he's an owner of, of Bitcoin. But here's why I like charts so much. It it anticipated the fundamental news events that came later. Didn't know exactly what they were going to be, but they're sure showing up in spades and they continue to. Here's the monthly chart, which looks even better to me. Uh, look at the new highs on volume accelerating to the upside, uh, t taking out the 2017 highs. Uh, this is This is a real trend that is uh, uh, that is occurring, and I would not bet the farm on this. This is for a small percentage of your portfolio, but uh, I can read a chart, and, and, and this chart is going north. It won't go in a straight line, and it won't go up forever, but that's a bullish breakout. I don't care how you slice it. There's no question about it. Uh, CNBC obviously uh, follows where the money goes and has brought Bitcoin experts on. Um, uh, this uh, one trader, Todd Gordon from, from Trading Analysis, for example, uh, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but he puts together a very plausible case for a price of $74,000 uh, for, for Bitcoin. That's a triple from here. He uses Elliott Wave analysis. He uses Fibonacci sequences and ratios. I won't go into all of that. Uh, I've read all of Elliott Wave's books, but it, it gets really in the weeds. But these are not crazy kinds of numbers when you when you look at uh, this from a technical standpoint and from a fundamental size of market standpoint, it, it, it's plausible to me. Bitcoin could potentially be the Tesla of 2021. This is Mark Tepper from Strategic Wealth Partners, and I think that's certainly possible. So I've got my about 10% of the portfolio there. Uh, uh, bit of a, a, a subtlety is that GBTC isn't owning a Bitcoin. It is a portfolio of Bitcoin, and you simply, by buying GBTC, own shares of the ETF. So there's a premium above net asset value in the ETF, and it happens from time to time. Just know that it's there. It was 19% when I bought it. I'm sure it's gone up. And just be aware that you're you're paying over NAV for the ETF in some circumstances. Double check it. Make sure it's not onerous. Make sure you're comfortable with it. 
Here's Pomp, Anthony Pompliano, who I'm getting to like more and more with every passing day. Um, uh, Bitcoin is literally stealing market share from gold in real time, and you can see it on the chart that, that he retweeted. Pomp is all over crypto. Uh, I recommend the, the Pomp letter and podcast too. I just subscribed to his premium service. Uh, James Altucher is another fellow I follow. Uh, has been on crypto for a long, long time in its short history. Um, but uh, to those who want to own Bitcoin directly, I don't own it directly, so I can't opine. But those are two very good sources. Go to Pomp, uh, the Pomp Podcast and the James Altucher Show. They also have uh, accompanying newsletters. Uh, and they'll get you into brokers, custodians, fees, all those issues. But I think uh, it, it's something that you should explore for a small portion of your money. Alliance Bernstein, a pretty uh, conservative firm, uh, is talking about having Bitcoin as a role in investor portfolios. So uh, this uh, the, this uh, trend is in place and is going to be here for, for a long, long time, in my opinion. Uh, North Shore Global Uranium, URNM, Tim Rotolo's firm, uh, uh, the, uh, talked about this originally in July. And so I put in the show notes here, my 10 reasons why I bought uranium from uh, the seven, the uh, July 25th podcast. I'm going to go post it again uh, just because I, I think it's, it, it points to a couple of things. I, I've replayed in the past or relayed in the past my buy-sell discipline, which have, have five or 10 reasons why you're buying an investment or, or making a commitment to an investment. And then keep checking on those. And if two or three of those start to weaken and the, the pillars start to crack, then you start to considering selling. I've also had my technical sell discipline, which I follow religiously. Um, but in the case of uranium, the, the bull case pillars keep, keep piling up and strengthening. And so let's get into it. Uh, the the uh, URNM folks put out a, a piece a little while ago, and they're talking their book. We're all big boys and girls. We know that's what's happening. But numbers are numbers and facts are facts. So uh, number one, and I, what I've done, you can go to the full article in the show notes, click the link, or here are my highlights. Um, increasing demand, uh, the global nuclear f- fleet is growing. And I bet you that if you reached out to 100 people on the street, they would say nuclear uh, uh, reactors are in decline. That is not the case. Uh, 440 nuclear reactors going on right now. There's 54 under construction, uh, uh, expected to be operational by 2026. An additional 110 are on order or planned. Unlike the last decade where you had uh, older plants that were being mothballed, and and the net result was a, a flat nuclear fleet. Uh, it's going to be ex- grow by 135 reactors by by 2040. So and I think it it feeds into the ESG theme. Although everybody wants to talk about uh, uh, solar and 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 wind, uh, nuclear energy works, folks, and it it it's uh, very carbon efficient. Obviously, um, there's going to be more uranium needed to produce this energy. Shrinking supply. Uh, uranium uh, mining production is contracting just as demand is, 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 is building up. There are now 62 companies, only 62 companies, mining for uranium right now. There were 420 before Fukushima back in 2011. So 
the mines are producing about 79% of the uranium required right now. Something has to give, and it's going to be price. Uh, wild card, U.S. Strategic Uranium Reserve, uh, nuclear plants produce about 20% of the uh, electricity in the U.S., but very little comes from U.S. mines. If for national security reasons, the U.S. uranium reserve becomes a reality, you'd, you'd further see the supply deficit pick up. Why prices may rise. Uh, U.S. and European utilities have largely run down their inventories, and they're, uh, 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 they're going to have to see, the mining companies are going to have to see $50, $60 cost of production to being met uh, uranium is in the low 30s right now, so we have a long way to go. And you know, I like charts. Here's the monthly chart on uh, on North Shore Global Uranium URNM. It's the prettiest chart out there. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I don't care what this would be, uh, I would be interested in in finding the fundamentals of this story. And the fundamentals are terrific. And when the technicals match the fundamentals, it can be a lot of fun. Uh, and we're just getting started. Here's the a long-term chart of the uranium spot price and the long-term uranium price under contract. And, uh, you know, this is not a small move. We've gone from over 100 down to the teens, and here we are in the low 30s. And so if we retrace, and I think we will, uh, much of that decline that happened over the last 12 years, then it's gonna, we're going to make a lot of money in uranium. And I'd love to have you along for the ride. Uh, Mexico's cannabis legalization. I'm going to cannabis now. Uh, uh, I didn't realize this. Mexico uh, is uh, likely has a vote soon. I think it was delayed once uh, to uh, uh, become the third nation to do so and have the largest legal legal marijuana market in the world. So uh, I think I said uh, it's all over now in a good way. The the impediments for cannabis are are falling, and I don't think there's, there's any way it's it's going back. And I'll tell you why, because here it is in the Boston Globe. Uh, uh, Ed Fitzpatrick wrote about Rhode Island doing a 180 in a, in a year because uh, of their massive budget deficit. And so when the, when revenues fall, like as coronavirus has caused in so many states, lawmakers look for money and recreational marijuana is a place where they can find a lot of money. And I just think it is that simple. Uh, here's the chart of, of the uh, advisor shares, pure cannabis, ETF, YOLO, Y-O-L-O. And uh, again, th- my eyes were drawn to this immediately when you see volume picking up on the up days, receding on the down days. It's a clear uptrend that's going to be going on for a while. Uh, the monthly looks terrific. Um, and, um, and again, if I did the fundamental work and nothing showed up, and it was crickets, I'd say, okay, there's nothing going on here, or it's already over. But that's not the case. Uh, the, uh, the, the cannabis world is going to be uh, a lot of fun for years to come, in my opinion. New, uh, copper. Copper broke out, and uh, I bought it later than I probably would have liked to. It didn't hit certain volume uh, restrictions that I have in my discipline. But uh china is obviously rebounding from uh, covid very very well they're a big copper uh, consumer and electrical vehicles which we'll talk about later use a lot more copper than traditional vehicles and uh and i can read a chart and, and this chart is going north new highs on the monthly mean you have very little upside resistance and we're going north 
Uh, other thoughts. Why invest in ETFs versus individual stocks, by and large? Um, my, my main reason is it diversifies when you have a small pool of money. And I just think that that, uh, that makes sense. Number two, uh, if you get the group right, you're halfway home. You're 80% of the returns uh, are, are dictated by getting the group right, and then the individual stock selection becomes secondary. Uh, and my other point is when we invested in individual companies, we would be buying hundreds of thousands of shares or millions of shares, and I would interview the CEO, the CFO, preferably separately, uh, on their premises, if I could, I would have this extensive questionnaire that I that I built up with Foster Freeze and Ed Antoyan and my own foibles and years of, of uh, experience to make sure I covered just about everything. Uh, high and low analysts on the street, I'd talk to them, see why they were bullish or bearish. I'd read the 10Qs, the 10Ks, and uh, I, I can't do that. It just, it, it's, it, it takes too much to do for, you know, uh, small investments. So, a thought I have is if you want to pick uh, an individual stock, I would start with looking at the top 10 holdings inside the ETFs we discuss and see if there's something there that you really want to focus on. But again, uh, you know, do and share your own due diligence if you decide that's the way to go. Uh, my, here's my take. Long-term trends are intact for Bitcoin, uranium, cannabis, gaming and esports, and now copper. Fan mail. Charlie S., big fan of the show. Love this guy. Come from New York City. Asked about other crypto. And uh, I said, I don't know yet. Uh, Ethereum seems to be the number two to Bitcoin uh, uh, in terms of market cap and market acceptance. Again, I would point you to Pomp and, and James Altucher if you really want to get into the weeds. I think Bitcoin is enough to diversify and own a small piece of, of, of your portfolio hedge against debasement, hedge against inflation, and what have you. But um, stay tuned. I'm going to be obviously doing a lot more work on this. And I'm, I, my take is I'm exploring crypto outside of Bitcoin. Just don't have anything for you yet, but I wanted to be responsive. Uh, podcast of the week, Business Casual, uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, uh, Kinsey Graham, I believe is her name, last name. I think I have that right. And uh, was talking with, um, uh, I forget the, the guest, but uh, one of the gaming CEOs, and uh, 40% of the world is going to be uh, a gamer by uh, 2023. That's 3 billion people uh, contributing to a $159.3 billion market. I mean, this is for real, and uh, a bit of a subtlety that I hadn't encountered, and I didn't include it in, in, the, in the show notes specifically, but uh, gambling on gaming is going to be a thing as well. And that's in its infancy. So the interest that could compound here is going to be a pretty substantial. And I don't know if that was subliminal or I read it, but the compound show is next with, uh, with downtown Josh Brown, who I like a great deal. Uh, and his, his title of this, I'll invest after the dust settles. And at three minutes or so, he points out what we all know. The dust never settles. There's always something to worry about. There's always some concern. There's always headline risk. There's always election strife. You name it. And so just you got to have some investments. And, and you, yeah, you can time around the edges. But if you wait for everything to be perfect, it never shows up. Someday never comes. And, and so just throw that into the dustbin of history that the dust is ever going to settle. And at 40 minutes, 
uh, he uh, uh, really, this struck for me for Bobby and Jack, my sons, diversify your investments away from your job. And, and uh, Bobby, you don't need another data center stock. QTS is plenty, uh, given the, 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 the amount you're going to have by the time you retire. And Jack, your income is tied to the stock market a lot as a wealth manager for UBS. So you ought to own a little more cash, a little more Bitcoin than other 22-year-olds. I just think that makes sense. That isn't being bearish. That's just being smart. And I pass that along to others if, if you're in, in, in a similar situation. Smarter Markets with Eric Townsend is the next podcast. This gets into the weeds a lot, but uh, he had Robert Friedland on, uh, billionaire commodity uh, CEO, a mining CEO. And number one, talks about blockchain enabling uh, grades of, of, of copper, for example, based on how they are mined under ESG standards so that it can be verified. And he envisions a world where there are, are uh, grades of copper just like there are uh, different grades of, of crude oil based on sulfur content and I, th- I think that's going to be uh, interesting to 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 watch you don't hear ESG and mining in the same sentence too often so it caught my ear also I was struck by the the magnitude of electronic vehicles driving the demand for for metals and some i've never heard of but here they are aluminum scandium silver vanadium copper nickel cobalt and right after i did this i printed out a number of etfs that i don't think i had in my screens i'm going to include these but if you're a fan of tesla you ought to be a fan of of the metals that go into the teslas and and their competitors that are right behind them and watch for the bottlenecks that ensue with battery technology and supply issues with these metals if this if the, if there's a timing issue with uh, getting the 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 metals out of the out of the ground and into the cars something to watch uh guy raz interviewed uh, tim ferris on the tim ferris show so it was on on his own show guy raz is the host of how i built this on uh, pbs and he has his podcast it's a great uh show i recommend both highly and this is also for my sons. Uh, Tim, uh, is a very successful guy, very thoughtful. But he talked about how as he was selling, I want to say software services, but uh, recording real time uh, what works and what doesn't on each sales call. Maybe you already do this. And I also apply this to investing. I do it, but I'm kind of uh, reinvigorated to do it more uh, extensively than I have is write down what works and what doesn't have a, a notebook somewhere as a, as a central repository. Uh, I wish I had done this more fervently, but um, better late than never. So just some good advice from Tim Ferriss, not a bad guy to listen to. Prof G podcast. This is Scott Galloway. He's a professor of marketing at, uh, at NYU. He interviews Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy, at, at 1447, it's about the best rationale and explanation of Bitcoin's benefits I've ever heard. Uh, he has put his money where his mouth is and his company. Uh, he's invested a billion dollars of the Treasury's cash uh, into into Bitcoin and very public about it, been interviewed extensively. But this was if you if you want to say, why in the world would I invest in Bitcoin? Listen to that probably 10 minutes or so, and it'll get you a long way there in my view. And I also like the Prof G uh, podcast. 
uh, at nine minutes or so in the um, uh, Mining Stock Daily podcast that's in the show notes, uh, talking about uranium and the the uh, the growing interest institutional interest. So there's the fundamentals, but then there's just the mechanics of the market, and you have. Uh, a very small pool of investable assets that are tied to uranium and you have the bear traps report great newsletter zero hedge great newsletter making the case for uranium and the institutional interest is coming in and uh it's like an elephant coming into a bathtub uh the water is going to be going everywhere so uh i like uranium i think i mentioned that uh so here are my takes uh, I like commodities more than most growth managers. Some people kind of look down on their nose on commodities. I, I just want to make money. And uh, part of that is I, it worked for me in when I was managing mutual funds uh, in the 90s. Energy, titanium really boosted performance a lot. Uh, I'm fascinated by the electrification of autos and other machines. Uh, and I'll, I'll make this point too. People say, oh, I don't understand Bitcoin. You know, uh, digital currency, I can't touch it. And uh, I would say to that, well, number one, the government can, can hit a button and, and print as much as they, they, they like and make the value of the dollar go down. And they have, and it's going to continue for a long time. And we carry around pictures of dead presidents. And if it wasn't a gold coin back in the old days, it didn't count. And we just decided to you know, lighten our wallets literally and, and, and print, uh, print it on green paper in Dalton, Mass. So uh, uh, it isn't that far to have an independent uh, repository of value based on computers all over the world where a central bank can't touch it. Uh, Bitcoin makes a lot more sense when you think about that. Reporters of the week. uh, This is Jack Howe from Barron's, one of my favorites, uh, talking about Tesla storming into the S&P 500. And uh, that's already occurred, obviously, with not as much fanfare as I think people thought it would be. Uh, It's the sixth largest company in the world. It's bigger than Berkshire Hathaway. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying, you know, the valuation is extended and, and, and caveat emptor. Now, Adam Jonas and Morgan Stanley... Uh, upgraded this to a, uh, an, a, a, an overweight, suggests about 22% upside. Here's the thing that struck me. Only uh, his, his bull case target, uh, the core car business is 43% of, of, of the rationale. Uh, I hadn't thought about this before. Tesla could eventually make more profit per vehicle selling network services, insurance, uh, other than selling the vehicles themselves. Uh, Tesla buyers can can already pay for self-driving capability, unlock faster acceleration, upgrade infotainment systems, talk of a subscription service for battery charging. So if you're a Tesla investor, and I know there are a lot out there, that's part of, of, of the bull thesis, at least in this one case. And I recommend that you do your examination, see what you agree with, see what you don't. Uh, the, econom- the Economist recently talked about Mexico becoming the third country to legalize uh, cannabis. And um, uh, Americans in 11 states can buy cannabis cannabis legally now. I thought that number was higher, uh, but so be it. Uh, If Mexico, uh, uh, the demand for Mexican marijuana is going to go down if if, if our expansion continues. President Biden is uh, in support of decriminalization, though not legalization kind of a political nicety, it seems to me, but be that as it may. 
68% of our citizens support full federal uh, cannabis legalization. Past election, five states passed medical or recreational legal legalization referendums, even the conservative states, Montana, South Dakota. So again, uh, it's all over now. Cannabis is growing, and, and I just think you should, be, you should make money from it if you choose to. Uh, Barron's uh, Bill Alpert uh, talked about uh, cannabis during the elections. Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, uh, and South Dakota uh, recently had some form of, um, of legalization. And, and here's the rationale. So uh, who is next to New Jersey? New York, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. New York and Connecticut at least have a horrible uh, budget situation, and they're going to be looking out for revenue. And so I just think it's a matter of time before those dominoes drop. It's just like gaming, uh, like gambling uh, occurred. Uh, you take it out of the dark and, and bring it into the light, and you tax it, and you have legitimacy and revenues. And they're going, and everybody needs revenues right now. So I think it's a, it's a no brainer. Uh, can but here's my take. Cannabis is becoming mainstream. States need revenue. Uh, I think it's almost that simple. Almost that simple. Uh, charts of the week. Uh, as you know, uh, I go through 1,700 plus charts every month. And certainly at the end of the year, I do it with a bit more scrutiny. I go through them all. Uh, if they use leverage, I tend not to care. And if they're bond, I tend not to care. Uh, but so given all that, uh, I, I look at everything so that I learn. Here's what I've come up with this past month. China, uh, I urge you to check your biases at the door. I'm trying to. Um, you know, I don't like the Communist Party. I don't like the way they, they interact with their citizens and, and, their, and their businesses. But China looks bullish. And uh, I haven't uh, found anything that I've, that I've committed to yet. This is the Morgan Stanley uh, China ETF. I just think that uh, uh, at some point I'd be surprised if I didn't come back to you and say, here's the China ETF that I think is the, is the best to exploit. Uh, I, I pour some sugar on me, uh, you know, the old Def Leppard classic. Uh, I'm probably dating myself. The Tecurium uh, Sugar Fund looks really interesting to me. I have not pulled the trigger, but uh, you take a look at this, you're seeing the volume pick up on the update, the moving average is starting to move up, relative strength starting to improve. Uh, and sugar has been in a big bear market. Uh, I didn't realize how, how, how much it's come down in price. Uh, and that looks like it's, it, it's turning. So I'm monitoring this. If you have thoughts, I'd love to hear them. The Aberdeen uh, 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 Palladium uh, ETF. The, uh, the, I, again, I have not pulled the trigger on this as well. And I don't know how catalytic converters... Uh, uh, in gas car, gas powered vehicles, they use a lot of palladium. I don't know how that translates into EVs, and I'll report back to you what I learn, and you please report to me what you encounter. But palladium looks like it's going north, and certainly gold and silver has gone north, so it, it makes a lot of sense that the, the complex is going up. This is fascinating to me. The the the, the Decurium Agricultural Fund. Uh, it's a basket of sugar, corn, wheat, and soybeans in one ETF which I think is kind of cool because I think all of those individual ones uh, look bullish. Uh, please note, watch the volume. This is very thin, trades about 1,000 shares a day, which I think is, is an opportunity if you don't have liquidity requirements, which I don't think most of us do. I think owning uh, uh, you know 100 shares of an ETF would be plenty. That's 10% of volume, and uh, 
uh, I'm fascinated by this. It looks really, really uh, exciting to me. And um, and then here's the last thing I came up with. So I, that's 1,700 charts for four uh, bullish observations. Here's a bearish observation. Uh, vaccines, be careful if you bought the vaccine stocks. Uh, I think it's by the rumors, selling the news. Uh, this is a fund. This is the Pacer Bio Threat Strategy ETF. You see how it, it, it uh, you know, picked up. Uh, from the depths of COVID, and uh, you know Pfizer looks like it's it's making very little money from their vaccine. I don't know what Moderna is going to make, but um, uh, you know, be careful buying the rumor and selling the news is is, is a real phenomenon. And we're going to see AstraZeneca and J and J coming up down the road. So it's great for humanity, but I don't think it's going to be great for investors. So be very careful. So here's my take uh, from 1700 charts. Uh, I detest communism, but I like China. Uh, commodities are rising, and uh, I think inflation's next. I know people are going to scoff at that because they say, oh, the Fed can't create 2% inflation. Uh, but that's why I hate bonds, because every time I see money supply go up uh, the way it has, interest rates historically have gone up 2.5 percentage points, 250 basis points, and bond prices go down. Uh, in the case of inflation, I don't know. Even oil's up, but uranium, wheat, soybeans, corn, sugar, copper, everything's up. So it's going to show up someplace. I mean, I, I don't I, unless I'm missing something. Uh, I, all I know is I can read charts. Fade the vaccine plays, and I sure as heck wouldn't buy them. And uh, in fact, get ready for good Main Street news to be bad Wall Street news. Uh, I think next year, if we talk about, you know, reopenings and, and, and the COVID uh, case and death numbers start coming down, you might start seeing bond prices go down, bond yields go up, and then all of a sudden we're going to be discounting these high evaluation stocks in a different way, and you could just see everything be the same, but the PEs come in, and it could be a tough year. I don't know that, but that's what I'm watching uh, bonds, by the way, uh, when we started the podcast, Mike, what we were talking about 60 basis point bonds and now bonds are at 93. So it doesn't sound like much, but you lost money if you own bonds. So I'm going to start talking about newsletters in the next, uh, episode. All right. That's the show. Please, uh, subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel and just hit the red subscribe button. And and uh, I, please, I want to get my subscribers up, and I'd really appreciate your help. Please share this with anybody you think I could uh, I could assist. Uh, the audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. I think it adds to the experience a lot. Please follow us on Twitter, at BakesTakes underscore, and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app. Tape your questions and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous uh, if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. Uh, this is Bakes. Two sign-offs. Uh, Barstool Fund, Barstool Sports. Uh, I like Dave Portnoy. I think his heart's in the right place, and my son's turned me on to this. Uh, they've raised $16 million to give to uh, uh, businesses and certainly restaurants. Uh, shout out to Flanagan's in in uh, in Conshohocken uh, to keep uh, you know old family businesses uh, alive. And uh, I also he was on the Josh Brown Compound Show, a guy from Boston that shows up at the at the tea station at five o'clock to sell a a four page gambling rag and then sells it for uh, you know I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars to Penn National. 
It uh, gives me faith in America, and I like it. And I like the fact that he's done more than any politician has to, to help small businesses. And uh, I like it. Much Needed Levity. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, Kevin Hart, Zero F's Given. Uh, even though it's a podcast format, I'm going to keep this a family show. Uh, but it's very, very funny, and I recommend it highly. I'll see you next week. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks.